Well, welcome to the Live to Shoot podcast. My name is Jeff Dowdle, and I've been a licensed firearm dealer for the last 14 years. In this podcast, we talk about all things related to the Second Amendment, as well as things going on in the um, other news, as well as something going on in my personal life or a sports story or just about anything that I might find interesting. So welcome, welcome, welcome. The so last week we started a, a, a podcast on economic self-defense protecting your wealth and how is that is just as important as uh, self-defense and that we need to begin finding ways to protect our wealth and ensure that going forward that we have control and sovereignty over our own assets and that is becoming more and more important today and the solution that I suggest is is Bitcoin and we talked a little bit about what it is, but in this episode, I'm going to talk about a lot more about what is Bitcoin exactly. So in its basic form, um, Bitcoin is money. And so what is money? Well, money is it's a medium of exchange. It's a unit of account and it's a store of value. So what do those things mean? Well, medium of exchange is it simply is something that can be used to bridge between buyers and sellers, something that they both uh, recognize and that they, they want a unit of account makes things a common unit of account makes things easier to to value and agree upon what that value is and we're not always converting things from well this is two goats and this is uh five chickens is two goats equal to five chickens how does that work right so we we give it a unit of account which in today's world it's dollars and then it's a store of value meaning i've got this it's got value. It holds that value. And then when I give it to somebody else, it still has that same value. And those are the things that make up money. And Bitcoin is the most pristine asset in the, in the sense that in, in a lot, in those characteristics, it's, it's, it's pure. It's perfect. It's, um, unalterable. So Bitcoin was born in the idea was published in October 31st. 2008 in a white paper by Satoshi Nakamoto. And you may or may not know, we won't get into all the stuff about Satoshi, but he is, he's a pseudonym for a person or persons that we don't know who he is or who they are. They, he is kind of falling off the grid. Nobody has heard from him in years. And he turned the project over to others for its, uh, ongoing uh, maintenance. But in his white paper, this is what he said is, was needed. He says, quote, what is needed is an electronic payment system based on cryptographic proof instead of trust, allowing any two willing parties to transact directly with each other without the need for a trusted third party, i.e. a bank or a government. Transactions that are computationally impractical to reverse would protect sellers from fraud and routine escrow mechanisms could easily be implemented to protect buyers. In this paper, we propose a solution to the double spending problem using a peer-to-peer distributed time step server to generate computational proof of the chronological order of transactions. So that is essentially what his vision was for, for Bitcoin. But let's just go down through the factors of, of Bitcoin. So one, Bitcoin is a unit of account. It is one Bitcoin is is divisible into a hundred million units. So it is far more divisible than in any other thing. So so you may just have one Bitcoin, but you can take that down to what is called one SAT. And one SAT is one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. Bitcoin can do things that no other currency asset can do. It can take somebody that's a freelancer in Sri Lanka and connect them to somebody in New York 
they can issue a payment from those between those two entities simultaneously without any third party like a bank without incurring any huge transaction charges and trustless meaning that that nobody has to be in between to validate the other it is also providing hope to families people in developing nations in fact there's over 30% of the country is unbanked they don't have any type of financial institution financial transactions any way to keep money. And because of this, a big thing for is is remittances. And the United States is a big player in remittances, meaning that we have people that come here from other countries and they spend a, send a large portion of their income back in the form of remittances back to their family members to help support them. And in doing that, they have to rely on the bank and it, the fees that come and associated with thousands, millions and millions of dollars each year in fees. And that is another thing that Bitcoin helps eliminate. If you look like in the El Salvador, which was one of the first countries that accepted Bitcoin as legal tender, meaning that if you have people in, in El Salvador have to accept that as, as payment. But a large percentage of the people in El Salvador were going into that. That was one of the problems they have is they were unbanked. They had no means of, 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 they didn't have credit cards. They didn't have checking accounts. They didn't have way, a good way of paying for things. And Bitcoin helped them solve that problem. And then it's still an experiment, a working experiment. But that is some of the hope that people have for Bitcoin. Store value. This is where Bitcoin shines. And it is pristine. There are only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be produced. And the reasons and the whys and all that are very complicated. We have got 19 million have been produced to date, and there will never be more than 21 million. And this is what got me into Bitcoin, was back in 21, when we started printing those trillions of dollars out of the blue to help for, you know, COVID relief and, and economic recovery. And I looked around like, where is this money coming from? You just can't print money like this out of the blue. And that is what's led us to the one of the things that's led us to the problem that we are today with five dollar gas and inflation is you can't just dump that much currency into the country and and not expect ramifications. And what did that do with the dollar I had in my pocket? It made it worth a lot less than what I it was the day before. And Bitcoin doesn't have any of that. There will never be any more than twenty one million. It is a scarce resource. And if you own a Bitcoin, if you have a Bitcoin, that value is going to go up. Now. If, if you're familiar with the, the markets and what's all going on, and you look at it, well, Jeff, that makes no sense. Bitcoin is way down. Yes, we are new. We are fresh. This is We are still new into this. And th that's why this message is so important, because this is still, you know, it's still evolving. And people still have an opportunity to get into this and, and get in early and, and become early adopters of this. But Bitcoin will stabilize once we get closer to the 21 million and the fluctuations will, will stop and it will become much more predictable. But the value it will, will continue to go up because there's only 21 million and that's just a basic supply, law of supply and demand. You know, in terms of transactions, you know, you may have heard that it's slow and things like that. It can handle transactions. There's technology such as the Lightning Network that can also make this faster. The reason, again, come back to the, uh, why why is Bitcoin important? It's because it's a pristine asset. It's going to protect our value of our money. 
we can send it across the world in instant and not incur have to rely on any bank or anybody else to intervene. We're protected. We're safe. We can control those, that asset. And right now, that is what is more and more important. And in the next episode of this podcast, we'll talk about why it's important and what we're seeing out there and what Bitcoin can help protect us against. And in that, I just appreciate you listening. Thank you. And I hope you're enjoying this.